Hello and welcome to Two Old Guys on the Back Porch. I am Steve Scotch. We have the lovely and talented Cat. That's C-A-T, staring at her cell phone. Cat, what's happening? Hey, how y'all doing? We can be found on many platforms, Audible being one of them, Spotify, Cast, all the best ones. Today we're going to do two shout-outs. The first one is exotic locale of Salta, Argentina. Salta is a province, part of northwestern Argentina, encompasses Andes Mountains. Uh, Gunja Forest. It's like a deserty looking place with like mountains. I, I watched, um, I think it was a race show that was on National Geographic. It's a really cool looking place. Our other place is Palencia, Mallorca, the little island off the coast of um, Spain. And it's a great little town, historic town. And the town has a uh, a famous set of steps called the Cavallari Steps. It's 365 steps to, that lead up to a tiny little church. And we also want to uh, dedicate this podcast to Mojo Nixon. Um, Mojo Nixon was a musician of his own category, kind of psycho hillbilly rock. I love country music. Anyway, we want to dedicate that, this podcast to him. And we also want to shout out local gal from the other side of the county who just won a Grammy, Lucy Dacus of uh, Boy Genius. Genius. Way to go. Way to go, girl. Anyway, giving all y'all a big round of applause. Yeah, we listen to Mojo Nixon on Sirius Radio all the time. Cool cat. All right, alcohol is just an arm's length away here on the back porch. You know what? I like bourbon and maybe three people. Today I'm having scotch on the rocks. To me, there's few things better than a glass of top shelf scotch. Cat, what you got? Um, this drink has been going around my socials the past few weeks, right before Valentine's Day and Galentine's Day. So I thought I would try it out. It's called uh, a raspberry prosecco float. All you did is pull thing of raspberry sorbet and then pour your prosecco on you there looks like a milkshake it does like a pink milkshake straw no just sip in here let's get a straw all right let's get this thing going i'm gonna go on a rant today i'm gonna rant i might raise my voice lord have mercy all right the events of december 30th 2023 a couple months ago and I know we did a podcast last year about days. Um, just we've had it, and this time I really mean it. I'm done with it. Not wasting another second of my life watching this shit anymore. It's fixed. Football, basketball, hockey. Yes, we've even managed to ruin hockey. Thank you. Not even going to mention baseball and NASCAR because nobody cares about those anyway. Now, December 30th, 2023, it's when it all came crashing down. Let's see. I'm going to start with a hockey game I tried to watch. And as most of you should know by now, we are Caps fans, or we used to be. Go Caps. And they were playing the Nashville Losers, I mean Predators. Ovechkin, the greatest hockey player ever, no discussion. 
He scores a goal with like a minute to go. So the Caps are up by one. So we can all go home to have a face-off, skate around, Caps win, we can go home. Nope, not going to happen. We have to review the goal. Now, Nicholas Dowd, who's a great player for the Caps, was standing in front of the Nashville goalie. They showed the replay over and over. Dowd, he didn't do anything. He was just standing there in the crease. He did nothing. Come back, goal disallowed. So, of course, we have to go into overtime where the Caps promptly lost again. Now, the part that got me was the announcers, who I've been listening to for years, on the Caps, I don't know, what's it called? Monumental now. It's changed names again. They agreed with the review officials that it was goalie interference, when it clearly was not. So now everybody's on the take, even the announcers. Now, now back in the day, the home, the home team announcers, they would have thrown a fit, but uh, not anymore. So now, why did a bad call during a meaningless midseason hockey game between two crappy teams, why did that matter? To stir the pot. To, to create a soap opera. That's all it is. Get people talking the next day about a meaningless hockey game. Now, if you don't know what a soap opera is, back in our day, it was, uh, they called it a daytime drama, didn't they? Right. Which, we didn't have 800 channels back then. So, <laughs> if, Something to do while you're doing the ironing. If you were, yeah, exactly. It, it, they would drag out these plots, right, for like months. Somebody would go blind. Amnesia was a big one. Soap opera. That's where this shit's going. And, of course, the next day, the hockey game, it was discussed on ESPN, NHL Network. It was all over my phone. So hockey is now a soap opera. Let's get people talking. Back to December 30th, 2023, we have the Dallas Cowboys playing the Detroit Lions in a meaningless football game that they build as a Monday night game that was played on Saturday night. That's what the hype was. So now the NFL has turned into the WWE. And I think it looks like Vince McMahon is finally going to jail. Yay! He should have been in there a long time ago. He's done so many inappropriate things Sexual to women. Sexual assault is not a good thing. Maybe this time they can lock his ass up. But anyway, back to the NFL. Now, here's Dallas and Detroit. Dallas had already locked up, I think, a wild card spot. The Lions had won their division. So the game meant nothing. But they acted like it was a Monday night game on Saturday. I think they had Aikman and Buck on there. So you had to hear Aikman, who cannot stop talking. I'm going to stop for a second. I need a sip. Ah. So, got a game means absolutely nothing. Detroit scores a touchdown with like 20-some seconds to go to make it 20-19. to 19. Instead of dragging this horrible game on, the Lions coach, Dan Campbell, who I actually like, he's going to go for two, get this thing over so we can all go home. Now, they could have kicked the extra point, tied it up, and go through all that bullshit. But why? The game meant nothing. So the Lions go for two, throw a pass in the end zone, catch it, game over, Lions 21, Dallas 20. 
Nah. Nope. Flag comes flying out like about two minutes late. Very late flag. It took the fish, the officials a minute to remember that we have to have some unnecessary drama before this thing is over. So the flag's thrown because the offensive tackle supposedly didn't tell the official that he was an eligible receiver because he was the one that caught the two-point conversion, which they showed the replay and shows that he went over there and told the official that he was eligible. But I don't know. It was some kind of trick play where two of them said they were eligible. I don't know what the what the hell it was. The last two minutes of this football game lasted a fucking hour. So we backed the Lions up like 10 yards. Dan Campbell says, screw it. We're going for two. We either win, lose, draw, go home. So the next play, some Einstein for the Cowboys. He jumps off sides. So now we got to move the fucking ball up five yards and go again. I mean, it, it went on and on. It was an effing debacle. So they go for it again. They don't get it. I mean, the coach for Detroit, he was over on the sidelines losing his mind because they had won the game and then just had it yanked right from under him. I mean, it was brutal. Now, on December 30th, 2023, I watched the Washington Capitals win a game and it was taken away. And then I watched the Detroit Lions win a football game and had that taken away. Soap opera, that's all it is. Sports is turning into a soap opera. Finally, the best part of December 30th, 2023, was when Florida State, who went 13-0 and last year, got beat in the famed Orange Bowl 63-3 to by the Georgia Bulldogs. Let me repeat that. Florida State lost. 63 to 3. Why? Because the college punks are piecing out of these bowl games left and right. Florida State had close to 24 losers not participating. This shit's it's, it's off the charts. Georgia was just going up and down the field. And the poor Georgia State players who did show up. They had not one fuck to give. It was the worst and the best bowl game ever. Because the powers that be that run the NCAA, they got bitch slapped right there on national television. Supposedly, the Florida State players were mad because the NCAA put Alabama in the final four of the playoffs and left them out after they went 13-0. and I mean, these college punks, they got a whole list of reasons why they don't want to play in your lame-ass bowl games anymore. Let's see. The NCAA this year is adding eight more teams to the nobody cares college football playoff system here in 2024. They're thinking that's going to keep all the players on the field for these playoff bowl games. Well, guess what? I got news for you, NCAA. These college punks, they're still going to sit out because they think what? They're going to the NFL. 
So, you know, I'm not going to go out there and play in your bowl game. I might get hurt. So let's add up all the reasons these college punks are not going to play in your old, outdated bowl games. They think they're going to the NFL. They think they're going to the Canadian Football League. Or they're mad because their team didn't get in the playoffs. They're transferring to another school left and right. And they say, fuck it. I'm not going out here. I'm leaving this school anyway. Why am I going out there? And let's not forget, these punks are getting paid now. <laughs> okay? Okay? The college football players these days, they live a better life than me and you. I mean, most are on some sort of made-up scholarship, right? Free education. They, but they never set foot in a classroom, take their test on a lappy, get the girlfriend to come over, take the test. Dudes are living in condos, no dorm rooms for them. Hell, they don't even go on campus. Like, dining hall? Come on, man. These dudes have their own dining hall. The ath athletes, they got like a restaurant. They go in there and order shit, okay? <laughs> Whatever they want. I mean, the whole thing is completely out of control. And how, how can a dude who's, who's had a free education, free grub, free housing, and now they get a check on top of that, and they just pop up and go, yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not playing in your stinking bowl game. Well, they think they deserve it. They're probably been, somebody's been kissing their ass their whole life. The whole thing is effing insane. And what I don't understand is why, why would an NFL team want to draft one of these punk bitches who doesn't want to go out there and play in the big, big time game. I mean, what does that say about that dude's character? I don't know. I wouldn't want him on my team. Look, the genie's out of the bottle. Now, once they started paying these punks, it's all unraveling. Um, I love it really. Um, I want to thank the date of December 30th, 2023 for finally opening my eyes wide open, not wasting another freaking second on, these, on this sporting event shit. I've been watching sports like over 50 years, and now I've seen enough. It's just one soap opera after another. Golf is a soap opera. We got PGA versus Live. That goes on and on. Tennis, soap opera. P players piecing out with fake injuries, gambling, corruption, and freaking tennis. All of it's turned into a big bag of shit. And we're all being hooked, crooked, and rooked into the soap opera. Not me, not anymore. I'm piecing out. All right, let's roll right into one tough, awesome lady. Ruth Handler. Born in 1916 from Denver, Colorado. Ruth Handler is best known for inventing... Barbie. The Barbie doll and being the co-founder of the toy manufacturer known as... Mattel. With her husband, Elliot. Ruth Handler was... She was president of Mattel from 1945 to 1975. Right. They tried to work her name somewhere in the Mattel... Between the two partners, they just couldn't do it, so they settled with Mattel. Now, Kat, I'll tell you, Mattel ruled back in the day. Me and the wife, you remember, 
probably most of the toys we played with back in the day were produced Hot by Mattel. Wheels, Barbie. Matchbox cars. They had it all. It was molded plastic, most right. of it. Some of it was metal. Some of it was metal. Yeah. Uh, Ruth and her husband, Elliot, started a business uh, making furniture. Like right. out of hard plastic. I just mentioned playing <laughs> out of hard plastic. And uh, then they switched to making like toy furniture. Right. They kind of got it rolling. And then Ruth kind of noticed that there was a void in the doll market where there were no adult looking dolls. Well, I mean, you would play with something called uh, paper dolls. And the paper yes. dolls were great because you just get it in, a, in, a, in a, like a, a little booklet. And you would cut out the fashions and attach right. it to the doll that, that was there. And you would switch the fashions. And, you know, you'd have a bridal one or go into the beach. And that's kind of fun, but it's not exactly 3D. Right. And back then, most of the dolls were like baby dolls. Because that, you know, you wanted to be like your mom taking care of children. Right. So, let's see. Ruth got together with this dude named Jack Ryan, some kind of designer. And bam, Barbie was born. Well, you got to roll it back a little bit. In 1956, she goes to Germany with the two kids, Barbara and Kenneth. They see a little German girl doll called Bidletta. Bidletti. It was and it was like a gag gift you would go you would give at like a stag party. And a little sexy little doll. Well she took that and she took that as kind of the semi prototype for Barbie. What did you name her kid what were her kids' name? Their names were Barbara and Kenneth. All right. Barbara is where the name Barbie. And Ken, that doll came from the sun. Kenneth. <laughs> how, how creative. Wow. And, you know, of course we brought this up because the overhyped movie Barbie, you know, was sweeping the nation. Um, which Ruth was portrayed in that movie by Rhea Perlman. Right. Whom we remember back in the day was the uh, sassy waitress on a show we watched all the time called Cheers. Right. Which was very popular back in our day. So let's give it to Greta Gerwig. You know, for giving props to Ruth Handler and the epic film Barbie. Uh, I mean, because there's so many things Barbie wanted to be. I mean, I remember I had a set that was an airplane. It was um, United Airlines plane that you pretend (laughs) that Barbie's on. Of course, I'll never forget the Christmas that I got my Barbie dream house. You had a Barbie dream house? Yes. Wow, y'all had money back then. <laughs> Way to it go. It was a bunch of plastic and cardboard you had to put together, but eventually you got a dream house out of the Wow. <laughs> and it was all open like in the movie. Right. So you could move all your stuff around. Wow. Ruth Handler, uh, let's see, received many awards. She was a uh, woman of the year in business. Uh, in the Toy Industry Hall of Fame. Right. And that makes Ruth Okay, handle. one more thing I'm going to say about Ruth before we finish up. Ruth, unfortunately, had to battle um, breast cancer back in 1970. And part of it, she got a modified radical mastectomy. And as part of that, she created, um, like, cutlets. You could put Fake. Boobs. Yeah. They were called uh, Nearly Me. For, you know, for a woman to look 
a little more like themselves. And one of the people who used the Nearly Me was First Lady Betty Ford. It was very popular. It very very well, I mean, smart. No, no women really, there was no product out there like that. And even some women who don't have breast cancer use them today to look more right. full in their clothes. Right. So anyway, Ruth was a wonderful very person. Very smart lady. Right. Yep. And that makes Ruth Handler one tough, awesome lady. Are we watching stuff? Yes, we're watching. And I know some of y'all out there wouldn't get that Peacock streaming service just for that freaking playoff game. I'm going to give you a show that you can use that and it's worth watching. I'm currently watching the second season of Traders. And it's like 20 um, very cunning contestants go to this castle in Scotland. And part of it, you've got two or three people who are the traitors, and the rest are the faithful. And part of this, you're doing challenges and stuff and trying to get more money into the pot for everybody to split at the end. And the wonderful award-winning actor Alan Cumming is pretending that that's his castle there in Scotland. And there's beautiful fashions. But the best part about it is you're seeing these people. And a lot of these people come from shows like, I don't know. Dodgy-ass shows, Bachelor, no, Real Bachelor, Housewives, all um, that garbage. Um, uh, what's the one in the house? Anyway, Big brother, Big brother. All the losers are on this thing. But the best part is you have Bravo, Bravo celebrities on there. Like the <laughs> no. wonderful Phaedra Parks. If that's what you want to call it. Okay, get on with anyway, it. Anyway, it's a great show. Sort of. They're kind of, the fashions are great. They're doing these challenges. And, and there's also a, a game going behind the scenes of them trying to figure out who the traders are and stuff. It's okay. I'll give you, I'll give you a, like a, a B minus. Don't well, get all hyped about it. I can't be the only one who thinks this. Because the first week it was out is ranked ninth of all over shows viewed of the original cast. All right, so go on. And then every week more people are watching it, so I'm not the only one. Anyway, this is my recommendation. If you like reality shows and know these people from Survivor or Big Brother or The Challenge or The Bachelor or, or better yet, from any show on Bravo, it's a good show to watch. And, you know, it's my recommendation. And you, uh, if you still got the Peacock streaming, it's a good thing to check it out. All right. Let's move on to Shot of the Week. Okay. Steve and I were very fortunate not that long ago. A friend of ours um, uh, brought us some little duck, duck breasts to cook, and they were very tasty. And honor that we're going to do the duck fart shot. The duck wow, fart. are we? I yes, don't know if are. I ever. <laughs> so, the duck no, fart. Okay. No ducks were hurt in the making of this. So all right, it's, but the uh, duck was hurt that we ate. It was shot it was, out of the sky, and Kitty Cat fixed that thing. Ball. It was good. I'm not bull. I got compliments great. from people who didn't even like duck. All right, what's in the ducks? Duck. The duck shit? is I mean, Kahlua. Fart. Uh, Bailey's and whiskey. All right, let's do it up. Uh, it's it's sweet it's not- and then it goes bad. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's the fart part. 
the, part. the duck part's good, and then it goes, all right, if you dare try it, the duck part is there. Very easy to make, kind of hard to drink. Thank you, Kat, I think. All right, this week we were bumpered in with a band called Elder, formed in 2005, maybe 2006, uh, from parts unknown in Massachusetts. That's all we know. Nick DeSalvo, guitar, mm-hmm. vocals, Jack Donovan, bass, Mike Risberg, guitar and keyboards, George Edert on drums. Now, I didn't know who Elder was. I, I just noticed they were opening up for Tool, so I figured I better check it out, and wow. Is that how they're at the Crypto Center? Crypto. It was used to be the Staples, and so now it's the Crypto.com. Maybe. Probably. They, they were on tour with Tool, so okay. maybe that's it. Um, like I said, I started checking out Elder, and wow. Like, Elder is better than Tool. Just kidding. Just kidding. Just checking to see if you're paying attention. No one is better than Tool. Okay. But Elder does sound a lot like Tool. And that is a good thing. I, I didn't know. They, they call this stuff stoner rock, which uh, I, don't, I don't know what stoner rock is, but that's what they call, I guess, Tool and Elder and stuff like that. I don't know. I know one thing. If you're going to try to sound like, like Tool, dead, you better have your shit together. Is that like dead that's like harder or harder dead or a fish uh, or I don't know. It's, it, it's interesting. Okay, I don't know who came up with the term, but uh, we'll, we'll just go with it. Elder, these dudes are a trip. Their albums only have like five or six songs on them because each song is like nine or ten minutes long. To me, they're not really songs. They're like pieces of music. I mean, I've been listening to their uh, 2022 album, Innate Passage. It's really freaking good. So uh, check out their stoner rock. Get stoned and listen to Elder. Check them out wherever you get your music. Uh, their next uh, place they're going to be is Las Vegas, Nevada. They're at the T-Mobile Stadium, uh, February 18th. Wow. Right after the Super Bowl. All right. Check out Elder. Wherever you get your music. We want to thank everyone for hanging out on the back porch. We'll see you all down the road. See ya.